Thank you for listening to the Revivify Church podcast. We hope this week's message inspires you and speaks to you from wherever you're listening. My friend, my brother, Gordon Carver. So Gordon Carver, come on up here, brother. Gordon Carver. Gordon Carver is uh, the lead singer and founder and all that of the band Days to Come, which I used to play with. Absolutely awesome worship band here in Augusta. And I get to travel with you this week to Wyoming to play something up there, so I'm excited. But Gordon, actually, when he first heard about this project, we're in our old building with the Adventure Center Project. Uh, he reached out and said, would you guys mind if we just came and hosted a, a worship night as a, as a fundraiser? And he was the first one to reach out of any church, anybody, anywhere, when we announced what we were doing. And uh, Gordon and his band came over and worked tirelessly for hours to set everything up and have their worship night. And because of them, we raised the first 5,000 that we actually had to go towards this place. So brother, I love you. I thank you. Let me tell you something. This man right here has always had this church's back. And in the kingdom and ministry, the way, that, the way that churches fight today, that is so important to have a brother that always has your back. I love you, man. Thank you. Go kill it today. Love you. Amen. All I can say is that Pastor April is glad that I did not do the surgery because I am not a hair man, <laughs> as you can tell. Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pastor Roddy's right there with me, so um, she, she's, she should be very thankful. Um, I wouldn't know what to do if I had it. I promise you that. It would probably, I probably would come in here looking really messed up. Um, real quick before we, before we dive into this, I don't do a lot of hooplas and things like that. I kind of dive right in because I shouldn't have to pump and prime anybody. Amen. We're in the house of God. Amen. Um, you've already just had amazing worship. Amen. If you didn't press in right then, I can't do anything for you. There's no scriptures. There's no, uh, there's no stories I can tell you to get you where you need to go because that right there should get you where you need to go. Amen. I believe, I believe in miracles. So in the house right now, can we praise God right now for what God has already done for uh, Pastor April? Amen. I'm talking about a real praise. Amen. Amen. For what God has already done. He's already touched her. He's already healed her. Amen. She's already been made whole. And now I need to hear an even louder praise for what the miracle God is going to do. Amen. And not just her life. Amen. And not just her life, but somebody that's watching her life. Somebody maybe in her family or your family. Somebody who is going to watch what God is doing because he's not done yet. God never does a miracle where just one person gets touched. Look in the Bible. Everybody gets touched. There's always somebody else in line. Somebody else needs to claim that miracle for themselves this morning, for your family members this morning. Amen? God will never just touch one thing. Because let me show you, tell you something. When he shows up on the scene, everything around him changes. Amen? All you got to do is go back and look at Esther. One night with the king changes everything. I came to have church, y'all. <laughs> I didn't just come to talk and, and make you feel good today. I came to leave you. you. If you don't leave here challenged, I didn't do my job. I, I actually came in here this morning with three different sermons. I'm not preaching all of them. Don't worry. Somebody immediately went to their watch. I saw it. I saw it. Don't worry. At, at, at my church, when my grandfather allows me to preach, I stick to a two-hour minimum. Today, I did cut it back to an hour 45, okay? So... 
So you should still be able to get into the lunch line. But no, I'm just joking. I won't keep you here long because I know there's other things going on. I just wanted to bring, I, I did come in with three different messages because the way I feel is you got to be ready in season and out of season. I, ne- I would never come into a house thinking I'm going to say my word. I come into a house prepared of what God wants to do, and he can shift and move. And if I'm not ready, then I need to give the service to him and let him just take it over. Amen. Which he's already going to do. But I, I came in and I heard, I heard something that was said in our morning huddle this morning and when we were talking about the service and just, it was, it was awesome. And, and I heard someone say something. They said, if you don't have enough faith to pray for somebody, don't pray. If you're going to pray, oh God, your will be done, touch them. If, they, if this has to befall them, that is fine. You just put limits on God. He came to the situation being able to do the impossible, and you just put limitations on God. Lord, if it's, if it's your will that this not happen, his will is you be made whole. It doesn't matter how you're made whole. His will is that you're made whole. It doesn't matter how you're financially blessed. His will is that you're financially blessed. It doesn't matter as long as he has his way. We come into the house of God and we have all these beliefs and everything and we're like, God, we're going to put you into a box. And he's like, no, you're putting yourself into a box. You're putting your blessing into a box. You can't put God into a box. You can't limit him, but you can limit your faith. And as soon as I heard her say that this morning, he spoke to me, we will not be shaken. There is a shaking going on. There's a shaking going on in the house of God. There's a shaking going on in the lives of the ones that have a relationship with God. But it's a shaking, and what it's doing, it's getting all that dust off. It's getting all that junk off. It's getting all the stuff off that you don't need on you that the world is trying to put on you. But in Psalms 16:8, it says, I have continually set the Lord before me. Because he is always at my right hand, I will not be shaken. The world can say what they want to say. The doctor's report can come in and say what it wants to say, but I will not be shaken. Whose report are you going to believe? I'm sorry this morning, but I got to tell you, I know for a fact Pastor April said she was going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen. Hey, you're looking at somebody who had doctors tell me just almost a year ago, I didn't even know it, but my body had went sepsis, and I had been, I ended up, my wife came home, and they took me to the emergency room, and the doctor literally told her, he said, an hour or two more, and he would have been dead. Two lessons out of that. One, you better trust God, and number two, you better listen to your wife when she tells you to go to the ER. (laughs) Amen. Don't be prideful, man, because I did it for years. And let me tell you something even greater about this. My wife can tell you, she's my beautiful wife, Mackenzie, is sitting right over there. I brought her today to be my testimony <laughs> and to keep me honest with this. But let me tell you what, there, I can't tell you how many times I told her, no, I'm going to be okay. No, I don't want to go. No, no, no. This was the one time I answered yes. The one time I answered yes. So thank God I have a wife that has patience and just continually nudges me. But thank God for the yes. Amen. But we will not be shaken. And how are you not shaken? It's you know your foundation. You know who you believe in. You know who you come in here and sing about and worship and pray to. You know who you fellowship with throughout the week. What what do you mean, Gordon? You got to talk to God during the week? Yes. What do you mean? You got to have communication every day? Yes. What do you mean? He should be my first thought and my last thought and all my thoughts in between? Yes. But how do you do that on a busy schedule? You know, I've got so many things on my agenda. i got to do this and get the kids here and I'm, I'm this and this and this. You clear your schedule for him. 
You want a move of God, but every time he tries to move, you add something else to your calendar. You want God to, to do something in your life, but every time he has no room and no place. How can, you, how can you not be shaken when you don't know your foundation? Have you built your house on, on shifting sand? Have you built your, built your house on the firm foundation, the solid rock of Jesus Christ? How do you know that? Well, let me tell you this morning. I'm going to tell you stuff you probably already know, but it's a refresher course for some of you of who our foundation is. First of all, he's rest for the weary. Got any weary people in here this morning? I mean, come on, this time, I'm still not used to this time change. Anybody in here weary? Anybody in here feel like you're worn down? You're kind of on your last leg? He is rest for the weary. And right now, that's what Pastor April and Pastor Jason are getting. They're getting rest for the weariness. I'm not saying that their, their spiritual man might, be not, might not be weary, but the flesh can get weary. Every single day you're, you're carrying and you're picking up other burdens and you're, you're doing all this stuff and all the duties that you have to do in ministry. You can get burdened down. He is rest for the weary. Some of you are carrying loads for your family this morning. Some of you have those kids that, that have, have went away from the, from the truth and you got their burden on your back. And some of you maybe have financial burdens and, and, and relationship issues and just find job issues and you're carrying that burden on your back. Guess what? You're not carrying it alone. He is rest for the weary. And I brought scriptures to tell you all of this this morning. You might not be able to keep up with me because I got a lot of them. Listen to this. Psalms 4.8 says this, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only maketh me dwell in safety. How many of you know you can sleep but not be in peace? Amen. I know I'm not the only one that's put myself to sleep tonight with worries and, and doubts and frets. And how am I going to do this? And, and where are we going to do this? And why did I do this? And how can I fix this? He is rest. Listen, he said he will both lay you down in peace and sleep. That is a sleep that you wake up in the morning and you really feel like you've been asleep. You feel energized. But how? For, he, for only the Lord maketh me dwell in safety. Only the Lord. Listen to this. Exodus 33, 14 says, And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. That's what I was just saying. He's got to be there all the time. This is not a Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whenever I get a chance kind of thing. This is a relationship. A relationship. It's an everyday, constant thing. When my wife and I first started dating and going off, I used to just text all the time, and she would text all the time. And over the years, over the years of all the stuff, now we have three extra people in our household. They don't pay rent. They eat all of our food. I mean, they, they, they're the worst house guests in the world. David was talking about a village. I got three that I can donate this morning. And, and, and there's a lot of people, y'all, if, Mackenzie, if we passed them around in this church, we would never see them again. I can promise you, because there's so many people in here. No, I'm just playing. They're, they're, my, they're, my, they're my three bundles of joy. They're in the nursery in there. But, but they, um, so, so now we, we've got kids and all this stuff on us. Now all of our text messages are, what's for dinner? Where are the kids going? You know, it's, it's, like, it's like all this stuff that you have to do as adults, you know. It's not, hey, what you doing? You want to go out tomorrow night? You know, now it's how many babysitters have we scared off? Do we have one left that we, could, that we could get a date out of? But the word of God says, so the presence has to always be there. He always has to be there. And he says, I will give you rest. And that's a rest that the world cannot replicate. And let me, let, me, let me rephrase that. They can replicate it, but they can never authenticate it. Amen. They can replicate peace pretty well. You ever, sat, you ever paid a dollar and sat in one of those massage chairs? 
And I mean, it's shaking, and you're like, man, I feel good. But then you get up, and guess what? The problem is still standing you right there in the face. You know, the phone's still ringing. There's still issues. This is a presence that he goes with you, and none of that stuff is going to matter anymore. He can move the mountains. Amen. Listen to this. Matthew 11, 28 and 30 says, this is my favorite one. Come unto me, not Facebook, not Instagram. If some of y'all post it to God the way you post on Facebook and Instagram, you might have something moving your life. I mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I, know I'm, I know I'm touching your sweet spot, you know. My Lord, if some of you would just, uh, some of you would have that relationship with God the way you do with Facebook and Instagram, I'm including myself. Man, what would, what would he do for us? Because some of you are so honest and opinionated on Facebook, but you get to God and you're just like, oh, Father God, thou art a shield about me. And he's like, what? Where did this come from? You know, just a minute ago, you're over there, you know, sound like a politician and you're getting all this stuff out. And now you're coming to me like this. I just lost half of you. I will. I probably won't be back now. But he's saying, come unto me. Come unto your father. Not this God sitting up there waiting to, 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 to crush everybody, but a father. My kids can come to me anytime they want to. My son and my, especially my daughter because she is me made over. I, and, and she's got things in my wife and, and, and we just, she is us. And it's like, wow. I love my parents so much more now. I appreciate them so much more now. But she can do something and I'm just pulling my imaginary hair out and I'm like oh my gosh what is who forms you I'm like what and I walk away and she falls down daddy daddy and guess what I'm right there let me pick you up it doesn't what that doesn't matter this is I'm I'm here for you come unto me come to your father Stop going to everything else. Stop going to the excuses. You stop doing that. Come to me. I'm not saying the doctors are bad, but come to me first. Let me have a shot. I've been doing this for a long time. You know, I've kind of got a record of never losing. I've kind of got a record of never failing. I've kind of got a record of never lying and never, never going back on my word. I've kind of got a good record. Why don't you give me a shot? Come unto me. Oh. Not, not, not just the Christians. That's, that's where the church is wrong. Not just the ones who put tithe and offering. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Everybody in here work. If you don't, I got 15 acres you can come help out on next Saturday. <laughs> and I'm not joking. <laughs> all ye that labor and are heavy laden. You got stuff on you. Junk on you. And I, not the pills, not the, and I, the Father, will give you rest. There's so many et cetera's we can put in there, amen? Some of us, I got to have my coping mechanism. I got to have this and that, and I got to be able to go and do this and that. It's an excuse to keep you from the one that can give you true peace. Because I don't know if you've ever been around anybody that's been having had an addiction, but the person who's been supplying don't want them to know there's a better way. 
They want to keep enabling this thing so they can keep getting their profit and they can keep having somebody and something over them. But let me tell you what, when you come to the I, the Father, he's going to get rid of everything without any conditions. The only thing you got to do is come back like the 99 and the 1 and thank them and serve them and love them. And I will give you rest. And, 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 but, but hold on, wait, there's another verse after that. We, sometimes we stop, you know. That, 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 can, that first verse, oh, he's going to give me rest. I don't have to do anything. 29, take my yoke. Anybody know what a yoke is? Anybody in here ever been on a farm in the yoke of oxen? I got some people in here who know what I'm talking about. But they put that yoke on, and so the person who's steering can have control. And, and he controls them. Well, that's good, but sometimes what they do is they, they put two oxen, and they put that yoke on two of them, and he, the, the, the farmer has spent so much time with the mature ox that he lets them go. And you'll see that mature ox usually carrying in the other part of the yoke a young ox, and they might be going down the, the plow, and that young ox looks over and sees another field or another pasture. He starts going that way, and, and the main ox just goes, oh, come back over here, man. You, you, you about to mess up. We about to work twice as hard. <laughs> come back, come back over here. But, but that field is so green. Come back over here. This is our field. We're plowing this field because there's a harvest that the farmer's planting, and it's going to reap some benefits. Somebody just got something. I'm telling you, <laughs> there, there's a, there's a, there's a harvest that's going to come out of this obedience. There's a harvest that's going to come out of this learning. That was for free because that wasn't even in it. There's a harvest coming out, but you got to be yoked to the one who knows how to plow the field. You can't just go out there all willy-nilly. And so that's what he's taking my yoke upon you and learn of me. That's the learning. Come over here. You don't need to go back over there. You don't need to answer that text message. You need to get that. You need to delete that, that contact. Why are you back over there? Why are you posting this? Why are you saying this? Why are you feeling this way? Why are you hanging back out with those same people? Why do you have an attitude? Why are they still getting under your skin? My grandma used to tell me if somebody gets your goat, you had a goat to get. And some of y'all's goat pens are huge. <laughs> hey, I, as a former huge pen goat herder, I know. <laughs> I mean, let it go. Let it go and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. And heart and shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know why it's easy and light? Because he carries 99.99999% of it. And that little point, 0.0000001% you carry is life. <laughs> and it is easy and the burden is light, but only when you let him carry the 99.99999%. You see, a lot of us are like, I want to serve you, Lord, and I need you to, and you cast your cares, but you got that string, and it's like those old nickels you used to put in the machines, and you pull it right back out. You're like, here's my cares, Lord. Whoa, come back. Let me keep some of those. It's almost like if we don't have something to worry about, we're not good. You know? You take some people's devil away from them, they get mad. <laughs> you, you take somebody's, uh, you know, issues away from them, and they're like, I don't have nothing to be mad at the world again. I'm, I'm the victim, Remember? He's rest for the weary. 
And this is another part. He's strength for the weak. Anybody in here ever been weak? Anybody here ever woke up and just like, oh, God, there is no way. I have, been, I have been praying. I have been seeking you, Father. You've been doing all this stuff, and you're just weak. You're physically and spiritually weak. Anybody, ever, anybody in here been like that? Anybody going through that right now? I got a family member that I've been praying for, and I have telling when, when I tell y'all that I am bombarding heaven every single day, it doesn't matter. A lot, a lot of times I'll be doing my own thing, and his name, his face will pop in my head, and I'm like, Father, I'm, I'm, I, might, I might be working, Lord, but please intercede. And the good news is that, the, that Jesus is on the right hand of the Father making intercession. He's not just sitting up there watching. He's making intercession for you and I and for our prayers. And I'm like, Father, just please, I, I, I don't want to see him die in the state he's in because if he dies in the state he's in, he is not going to enter into heaven. Sometimes you got to be honest and truthful with yourself and stop sugarcoating it. The truth is the truth. There's some lost folk out there. There's some people out there who are lost, and if they die in the state they're in, they will not make it. And I can honestly tell you, you you see all this stuff in these posts, and you're like, but I've been praying, and I'm waiting for the move. I'm waiting for the move. I'm waiting for the move. And God said, they're saying, you are the move. You are the prayer. I might not look like I'm working, but I'm working. I might not look like I'm moving, but I'm moving. The absence of him does not mean he's not there. Sometimes he's just bragging on you, waiting to see what he's put inside of you can come out. But sometimes spiritually I'm feeling weak and I'm feeling drained and I've been at the church every day this week and I've been leading worship and I've been preaching and I'm just drained. He is strength for those. 2 Thessalonians 2.17 says, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. He will establish you and he will comfort that hurting heart. He is all you need. Hebrews 12, 12, this is my favorite one, but, and I'll tell you the reason why in a second. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. If you come in the house of God or anywhere and you're going into worship and you sit and you don't move and you don't act and you don't try to touch him, there is no reason. Don't blame God. Don't find excuses for something in your life not changing. He's giving you the key to success. And the key to success in worship is to lift up those hands that might not work right now. Move those feeble knees that might not want to be able to get up. Get on your knees. Come to the altar. Move. My grandmother in 2015 had a massive heart attack and a stroke. She had the heart attack. They went in. They found out there was a bunch of blocks, blockages. They, uh, they did a stint on one side. They opened her up. They were going to send her home, and they were going to bring her back in six weeks to open the other side with stents. The doctor said, hey, this has went so great. Before you leave, why don't we just go ahead and open up the other side? My grandmother reluctantly, but with some other pushing and nudging, she did it. And the night of the surgery, she had the surgery during the day on a Wednesday. That night at 3 o'clock in the morning, my mom was sitting there. They came in to move the IV, and they noticed that when they put that, my grandmother was terrified of needles. They noticed when they put the needle in her arm, she didn't move. And the nurse called, and they came in, and sure enough, she had a massive stroke, paralyzed the whole left side. And she never recovered from that. And a lot of people, that's the end. A lot of us, now I have a physical limitation. I'm handicapped. No, you're handicapable. The only handicaps you have are the ones you put on yourself. But, but 
So she had that stroke and she's, she's paralyzed. And my, my wife and I and our family were watching her go through this process. And she came home March 27th at 5.03 in the afternoon. She was able to come home from the hospital. And, and they were starting physical therapy. And she had got a little bit of finger movement. And she had got a little bit of, 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 of toe movement. But the first thing she wanted to do when she came home was have the family to her house and worship. Let me tell you what, y'all. That worship service was the most powerful worship service I've ever been involved in. It's amazing when you see somebody that is paralyzed take the hand that works and lift the hand that don't work. Amen. She lifted the feeble hands. You want to talk about a testimony? You want to talk about that? You want to talk about seeing somebody who the doctors had said, you're never going to regain usage of it. You're never going to walk again. And they say, that's fine. Well, then in the state I'm in, the condition I'm in, I'm still going to worship God. I'm still going to push, and I'm still going to fight, and I'm still going to pray, and I'm still going to worship, and I'm going to take my baby hand, and I'm going to lift it up whenever I can. And she came to multiple services, and you know what? She still, she called it her baby hand because it didn't work. It was, she had to take care of it like a baby, and she kept it close to her. She would lift it up whenever she could. Strength for the weak. I've imagined many times of how my grandmother must have felt in that situation, knowing that her flesh might not ever be made whole. <laughs> for Brother Tony, the spirit, when we shall see him, we shall be just like him. No more issues. No more. Sometimes there's a homesickness inside. Amen. You don't want to see you leave your family, but sometimes that spirit man just says, I want to go home. But she was an example when she lifted that hand. And then, in, in you know, later years, I had no example. Some of y'all had heard the story how I was leading worship and I tore my, I ruptured my eight, uh, Achilles tendon and ripped my calf off my bone in the middle of a worship service. I had no excuse. I wasn't about to get off that, that platform that night. If my grandmother can sit there with a paralyzed body and worship, I can worship because I knew I was going to heal. And I worship through it all. He is strength for the weak. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Get rid of him. Get it off of you. Give it to him and don't take it back. Let him do what he does with it. Amen. Amen. Listen to this. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That word wait, serve while you're waiting on God. Don't just sit and just wait. Serve. Ask them what you can do. Get involved. Ask the pastor, hey, do you need the parking lot swept off? Do you need the, the carpets vacuumed? Do whatever God is telling you to do, but don't sit still. My wife recently messed up her ankle. She was going in to get, to get the kids out of school. It was raining. It was wet. And she slipped and she fell. We thought she had broken it. And other things, we went to the doctor, and it was a really super bad, super, super bad sprain. And some of you know it's better sometimes to break it than to sprain it. And so she's still recovering. She's a, she's a super troop, and she's recovering through it. But the, that night after she had done it, you know, she started moving it. Because if you just let it sit there, it's going to get swollen and it's going to hurt. You're not going to be able, that's where some of us are. We're trying to figure out why we can't get out of where we're in. It's because we're not moving. It's like, it's like having two kiddie pools right here. One is clean, beautiful water. One is dirty, nasty water. And our Father God is sitting in the middle, you know, kind of how us dads do in the summertime. Just We're supposed to be on 
kid watching. We don't know where the kids are, you know. I've been there. Um, it's not a, not a good thing. But, um, and you're sitting in this nasty, filthy water, and you're over there just looking at that crystal clear, blue, cool water. And you're like, man, I wish I could be in that water, you know, that cool, clean. I'm in this nasty grass in the water. You know, there's probably other stuff in the water. You know, I, I want to be over there. And, and Jesus is just chilling. He's like, well, move. <laughs> I already put it there. <laughs> I already filled it up with cool, clear water. So you, what, what are you doing? But, but Father, you haven't released me. <laughs> why do I have to release? Why do I have to release you to go into a blessing that I've already provided for you? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like... My kids now, they don't ask to go into the refrigerator. They just go. They don't ask us to go into their trick-or-treat bags that we have hijacked. They just go. You know, my son, we got, before we leave, we got to pray for my son, my youngest son, my two-year-old. He has found the love of chocolate, and um, I'm the inhibitor. And so I need prayer. Not just, but he's sitting here saying, move. I've already provided it for you. Walk in it. Get in it. But let me spray you off first because I don't want this to get messed up. I don't want you carrying cares that you're supposed to cast on me over into this. Because what's going to happen then is is this is going to be the same way that was. And I'm going to have to provide another one. But because I'm a good and graceful and merciful God, I will provide another one. But, you know, this is going to be a a thing I see. Man, the correction of God sometimes is is harsh. But it's it's, it's very prevalent and we need it. Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. It's not anything that you can do. It's all him. Amen. Listen to this. I got to hurry up. I don't know. Do I have a clock? Okay. I just heard two no's that released me for 30 extra minutes. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Listen to this. He's answers for the problem. Answers for your problem this morning. If you don't get anything else this morning, leave here knowing that you have no excuse anymore. You know what the answer is. It's Jesus Christ. He's your future. He's the solution. He is everything you need wrapped up into an amazing bundle that can go everywhere and he is everywhere. Amen. And he doesn't take any other space up in your car or your purse. Amen. Sometimes you might need to pull your phone out. And put it away because he is more important than that. Or the iPad or the computer or whatever thing we put in front of our face. Sometimes we need the word of God in front of our face crying. <laughs> and, and pulling those scriptures in through osmosis. Amen. Lord. Matthew 7, 7 says this. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. We stop at the ask part. God, I need this. Thank you. Or here's my list. Here's my list, Lord. You know, all, all this. You know, the, if you can have this done, you know, by 4:30 this afternoon. Thank you. Appreciate it. No, there's something to ask. Okay, I'm asking. Seek. He is never just going to give you something without <laughs> you want having something for you to go through. It's almost like a scavenger hunt. With when it, my, I don't know how your relationship is with him, but with mine, when I go to him and ask her something, he's like, well, have you done this? Have you got rid of that unforgiveness? Have you got rid of that bitterness? 
oh, you require that? Well, it's kind of part of the deal here. <laughs> you know, you, you, you need, you're trying to go up. You're trying to have upward mobility in the kingdom of God here, but yet how am I going to lift you up when you're still fumbling over elementary things? I got kept back in first grade. You can tell it's not going to be a good story. I got kept back in first grade. And all my kept back people say amen. amen. Thank you. I'm not alone. <laughs> but I got kept back in first grade. I had great grades. Straight A student. I mean, everybody wanted my grades. Everybody wanted to cheat off my papers. But I was, when my mom and dad got that thing, they were so upset. They were like, but he's got all A's. And then my dad, my dad is, my dad has an a, a education that goes up to almost high school. Him and my mom got married early. He's a mechanic, real rough guy. Kind of from the outside, he looks rough and big and muscular and scary, but he's a big teddy bear on the inside. And uh, he's looking at the report card that says, right there it says he's immature. <laughs> like, me? Immature? What? No. Too immature tries to be the class clown. And I'm like, you're going to keep me back for that? I mean, somebody else has been there. I mean, you're telling on yourself, honesty is the best policy. And I'm like, you're keeping me back from that? And, yes, of course, parent-teacher conference, the teacher's like, his mental thought is, is education and his ability is not the problem. It's his character. And the real, and what she basically was saying was, is the important things aren't right yet. You know, to be able to handle second grade, you got to have a little more character. You got to stop talking out so much. You got to stop being the class clown. And your grades, you ain't worried about that. So I had to learn. And I had to, I had to, <laughs> had to learn a lot, some hard lessons. You know, there's the, we, we, my, my parents believed in spankings. Not, not beatings, spankings. Amen. And uh, my dad did not spare the rod or the leather belt. But he says, ask, he says, seek, and then he says, knock. That is action. You got to put this thing into motion. You got to put your, you got you to you back up what you're talking about. If, if that's why when this morning we were talking about in that room, when you said, if you can't pray and believe in faith that she can be healed now, not just that whatever we, if you just want to keep her in this state of, you know, purgatory or whatever, Lord, no, now a healing, then get out of the room. Because faith and unbelief cannot coexist in the same space. You know what I mean? They cannot, they cannot coincide together. Amen. That's what this is saying. So you have to ask, you have to seek, and you have to have action. Put it to work. I promise you, you put God to the challenge, and he has never been defeated. Amen. He is the champion. Matthew 21, 22 says, In all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, not hoping, not wishing, but believing, knowing good and well that God can do what you're wanting him to do. Believing, ye shall receive. Let me read it in Amplified because I like, I like one of the words that it uses. And, what, and whatever you ask in, ask for prayer, having faith and really believing. It's a big belief. It's not just I believe in you, Lord. I also believe in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy. Am I the only one that still believes in those things? Gosh. But really believing, 
really with all my heart, all my soul, believing, you will receive. He is the answer. The next thing is he believes in you when no one else does. Some of you have faced rejection, and that might be where your shaky ground is coming from. You might be facing those things of the nose, or you might be facing some obstacles with individuals. Listen to this. He believes in you and no one else will. Listen, John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And not just that, but and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He believes you enough to give you what he had, Right? He believes you, because he says, he's saying, the things that I've done, you're going to do, and even greater things. But, Lord, I'm just little old me. (laughs) I just sit in the very back pew. No one knows my name. It don't matter. No excuse. Greater things. He believes in you. Matthew 17, 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, Ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Not the pastor, not the deacons or whatever, not the worship leader, unto you. Nothing is impossible with God. Everything is possible. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Amen. Listen to this. Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. They shall, then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. I will come to you, and ye shall seek, there you're seeking again, and find me. Because you've done this, and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Not just those religious prayers that we say over and over, the same ones every single day, but a heart that is broken and needs him and that goes to him pleading. Sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes the only prayer I can say is Jesus. I don't, Jesus. Or sometimes it's just, sometimes I'm not even worthy to speak that name. Hey, man, that's how we feel sometimes. Sometimes I, 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 ha, I can't have a rehearsed thing. I just come to him and I'm just like, you already know. But I wanted to meet you here at this special place or, or wherever your secret place is. I just wanted to meet you here. But he believes in us and he will come to us. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Some of you think you're this big in the kingdom of God, and you're not. Some of you think, well, I just vacuum the carpets, or I just take the trash out, or I just help with the kids. You're a prophet in this nation. Your life, St. Francis used to say this all the time, and I'm I'm sure you heard this quote before, but it said, witness always, and when necessary, use words. Your actions are speaking about the one you're serving. I've always said it, but I would love to just show up and somebody say, you're a Christian. How'd you know? I can just see it. <laughs> you ever had someone do that to you? It happened to me at Wells Fargo a couple weeks ago. I walked up to the counter, was giving them some of my money that they love to take. And, uh, and I, I was doing this, and I wasn't really saying nothing. I just had a smile on my face. I felt good. I was letting that joy of the Lord come out, you know. And she was sitting there. She goes, I can just see God all over you. We about had church in that Wells Fargo. 
about, I was about to put the multiplication laying over hands to the test. Lord, this is a twenty hundred dollar bills, hundred dollar bills. <laughs> but but I didn't. But I didn't. Because God does not wink at my ignorance. <laughs> Come on now, you can't have fun in church. Where are you gonna have fun at? Amen. I'm still human. At least I'm not cutting the corners out of a dollar bill and putting 20s on it. Or at least I'm not breaking change in the offering plate with some other dollars. <laughs> Somebody told me a story about that one time. They, they, they were passing the plate around, which is why I believe you should come to the front, checks and balances. Uh, <laughs> uh, and they, they were watching somebody. They put a 50 in, and they took a bunch of 20s out, and uh, it wasn't the correct change. Um, they, they took the... The fishes and the loaves way too seriously that day. Um, and I'm finishing up with this. He will bless you when others curse you. I, I've told Pastor Jason this many times. I don't know if he's ever said anything about it, but the Lord, for some reason, puts certain people in my prayer life every day and, and, or, in, or in my mind or in dreams, and he's one of them a lot. And I'll, I'll shoot him a quick message and, or whatever. And I told him, I told him a couple months ago, I said, you've got enemies that are outside of the walls of the church that are waiting and waiting on you to fall, waiting on you to fail, waiting to see Revivify close the doors, waiting to see that we've moved location sign or, and not to a bigger, better place. But they, they're waiting, and they've already bought the tickets to your failure. They've already bought the tickets to the, to the show. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I sent him this scripture, Genesis 12, 3. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Let me read it amplified because it has some more words that I love. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you. Those that... I want to see him do great. I want to see him do amazing. Go pastor. Go bishop. Go worship team. Go prayer squad. Go cleaning crew. You got this. And a curse on him who curses or uses insolent language towards you. Well, I hope that I hope those doors shut. I hope that church don't make it. I hope that event fails. Do you know what happened in his life a long time ago? Do you know what happened in her life a long time ago? Do you know what they, do you, I saw them driving down the road the other day and they honked a horn at somebody, they cut him off. People are weird. <laughs> in you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed. And by you, they will bless themselves. You're not doing this for just you. I learned a long time ago, before we had kids, I had to start worshiping for my future kids. I had to start worshiping for those three babies. I had to start worshiping for my wife. I had to start worshiping for my family. I had to start seeking God for those things, not just for me, not just for what I wanted, but for what they needed. I had to start doing that. So now when I worship, it's not just worshiping for me. I'm worshiping for my grandkids, y'all, now. 
I'm worshiping for my great-grandkids. I'm worshiping for other family members that are going to come in. I'm worshiping so I want them to have so much more than I ever had. And I'm talking physically and spiritually. I want them to not have to face the struggles and maybe make the same mistakes that I made. I want them to be able to trust God wholeheartedly, never wavering. And it starts now. It starts in my worship. It starts in my prayer life. It starts with them seeing the foundation start to shake and me start to shake. But I will not be shaken because I know who I stand on. I know the truth. I know what he did for me. I know what he bled on the cross for me. I know when he was risen, he was risen for me. I know what he's done. He tore the veil in the temple from the top to the bottom. A representation of the father wanting to have a relationship with his creation so much that he pulled out of himself perfection and put it into an imperfect world so that one day I wouldn't have to have someone go to him for me I can come to him and say father I need you father the ground is shaken well then stand on me and I will not be shaken he will not fail you when others let you down he's always in your court he's always in your corner always Always, always. My Uncle Daryl was a huge, huge believer in me my whole life. Huge believer in me. It didn't matter if I got up there and fell on my face, if I sang a wrong note or sang the wrong words or I preached something that just was like, you know. He always would come up to me and say, great job. Give me a big old hug, one of them big old bearded kisses on my face. And now I give those (laughs) on my face. Great job. Oh, he used to just hug me real tight, almost pop my back. It felt good. Um, Great job. Man, awesome. God was moving. But learn to let go and let him have his way next time even more. So he showed me love and then a little bit of correction. And then I learned, okay, this is not about me. Whatever you want to do is what you want to do. I'm just the conduit. I'm just the mouthpiece. He was always in my court. He was always in my corner. Last thing that you need to know is that God loves you. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when... (laughs) Even when I was a sinner and dead in my sin. Even when I was doing the things that I thought I could get away with. Even when I was good and churchy on Sundays and Wednesdays, but throughout the rest of the week, I lived like a hellion. I could pretend with the best of them. I could put a front on and you would never know. I could sing the songs to fill the altars and make the people cry, but inside was an empty, dead vessel. I was a dead man walking. even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, we are saved. I got to read this one in Amplified. I'm so sorry. But God, so rich in he and his mercy, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love which 
with which he loved us. You see, sometimes we just say that word loved. No, it's not just a love. It is an intense, wonderful, passionate, reckless, I will do anything, go anywhere. Uh, there's no mountain high enough. There's no valley low enough that can keep me away from you. I will make the crooked places straight. I will bring the low places up. I will do whatever it takes to you. Matter of fact, Father, if it be your will, let this cup path away from me. But if not, I will drink it. And that lets you know that all the sins of the past, all the sins of the future, everything from right now that you were going to do came and got in that cup. And what did he do? He took it and he drank it for you. That's not just, oh, he loves you. That is, he loves you. He loves you. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. In the last verse we know, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, the sinners, the believers, the ones caught in the middle, I'm going to go a step further, the Muslim, the Buddhist, the things, believeth in him should not perish, should not perish, should not go away, but have everlasting life, and that is the prize. To the race that we're running. I like to read it like this. For God, the greatest one, so loved the greatest decree, the world, the greatest amount of people, that he gave the greatest generosity, his only begotten son, the greatest sacrifice. That whosoever, the greatest invitation. <laughs> That's the greatest invitation. Believeth in him, the greatest simplicity. Should not the greatest certainty perish the greatest possible loss, but the greatest difference. How many of you know you can be wherever you're at, but then there's a but God. <laughs> we, we found a tumor, but God. I, I, the whole time when I heard this story going on about Pastor April, and I was looking at that, and I saw the reports coming out. Well, we don't know where it's at. We don't know how big it is. We don't know how many of there are. We don't know if it's cancerous or not. Uh, but we we just don't know. We don't know if we're going to have to do multiple surgeries or this or what's going to happen afterwards because it's with your brain. and There could be paralyzation and all these things. We just don't know. But God. There's always a but God. And let me tell you what, when he shows up on the scene, things change. A doctor's report has no dictation on my tomorrow. But the God, the report of the Lord is my future. The report of the Lord is now. The report of the Lord is what I'm going to do. And it's what I'm going to believe and it's where I'm going to stand. There's some of you today that need a but God, and it's right now. Your foundation might be shaking. The world might be going crazy. You might be praying for your kids. You might have financial issues. You might not know what's going on, but God. You might not see the promise. You might not see all of this, but God. You might be wondering where he's at, but God. He is in the midst. His absence does not mean he's not working. He's the way maker. He's the promise keeper. He's the miracle worker. That's my God. 
I don't know who you serve. Your God might just be sitting there taking a chill. My God's up there working. My God's in my life working. My God is moving right now. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like to know more, please visit www.revivify.church.